Are you having trouble coaching endurance? Are you having trouble finding the right words to say? Do your students reject lower, you know, lower to moderate intensity training? Are you trying to fight that same old MO of group fitness is about more, 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 harder, 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 faster, faster, faster? How do we break that? How do we break that myth? How do we get into our students or the, the general public's heads and get them to really to, to understand smart training? This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm John McGowan. And I'm Jennifer Sage. And John, I'm really excited today because we have a really great uh, special guest, and I want to introduce Janet Toussaint. She is a former master instructor for the spinning program. I've known her for 12 years, and uh, she was always one of my favorite MIs to follow uh, at uh, conferences and attender sessions. And how are you doing, Janet? I'm doing great, Jennifer. And hi, John. Thank you. Hi, Janet. Thanks for this opportunity to share some information. I think it's a great thing. For the listener's benefit, we record this via Skype and if there's a little blurble in our audio today, I apologize, but we're doing the best we can. Janet and I were chatting a few weeks ago on the phone, and she was telling me about some of her current classes that she's teaching. And I said, stop, we need to get this on a podcast, because she has so much experience and so much um, wonderful success with her students that I thought it would be helpful for our listeners to kind of hear what um, Janet has done with them and First of all, let's go back a little bit, Janet. How long uh, ago did you resign from spinning? I resigned about two and a half years ago from Mad Dog Athletics after being with them for 12. It was 12 years at the time. Tough decision to make because, as you know, it's it's more of a lifestyle and it's a it's a way of life that you lead when you teach and you train in that environment. But I have moved on and I do still continue to teach and um, I probably always will. You are teaching in uh, south of Boston, right? I am. I'm in the, uh, the the suburbs south of Boston in a very, a much more quiet area than I was in before. I was teaching in the city for most of the years that I taught from the beginning up until more recently when I moved further away. And the move actually, <laughs> it's funny how you learn as you go. You think you know it all and then you get somewhere different and you teach different people and you have to revise who you are as a coach. You have to kind of shift gears, so to speak. And in moving down this way, you know, I was my audience tended to be people who may may not have had the availability of continuing education or master classes or just the avail, uh, availability in general of information and and how it progresses in the fitness world. And um, my my experience was I encountered. People that had a very primal, just a figure of speech, I guess, but way of looking. I like at that business. word. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Well, I, I think well, they, everyone listening probably knows exactly what you mean. You know, just <laughs> very basic. and it's Yeah, and um, I felt, my gosh, do I have a lot of work to do. And it, it excites me as a coach to, to look at my job that way as somebody who can maybe enlighten somebody else and teach them something new, not only about fitness, but about their own bodies. 
and how to progress with that and how to get healthier. So yes, I did have this group of people, very eager, very smart people too. The the community that, that I happen to teach in a, a golf community. They're very, very well-educated people who are willing to listen and willing to learn and willing to apply. So that's what kind of started my, my little um, journey with these students that I've inherited and have grown to love. Janet, when I was talking with Jennifer, you know, she was explaining to me that you're really the endurance expert. Is, is that accurate? Um, I hate to call my own self an expert in a, in a field can. of people you that can. were so that were just as intelligent, just as good at it. You know what it is? I'm going to tell you, John, what, what prompted that. I taught, <laughs> I was the director of a program in Boston, and I was in charge of, you know, the, the, the success of the programs, but also the success of the instructors that taught for us. And um, they were of that old school group fitness thing where more is better, harder, faster, stronger, and didn't quite, they did not buy into the endurance thing. So I had to work to get them to buy into it and to learn it and to love it. And they did. And then, you know, and from that, I think it was because I was forced to do that type of work that it kind of became my thing. I had, I had to find a way to get these points across in order to make this program successful. I had to find a way to get the members to understand it. So I guess if I'm an expert, it's because I had to do a lot of work <laughs> to, um, to, to to get that down right. Sometimes when you're forced to do something, you know, you, 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 you we all have it in us. We just have to be. It has to be um, cultivated. Yeah, exactly. You came out to my club in 2003. And you taught an endurance class for my instructors when I was running the program here. And you had some great, great cueing and coaching. And I just want to tell uh, all of our listeners that are, for our ICI Pro members, this is just one of three interviews we're going to have with Janet. As we've just revealed, her, her specialty is endurance. We will follow this up with another podcast for ICI Pro members with the meat and potatoes of really how to do what she did at her club in Boston and now where she is now to get people to understand endurance, to get the instructors to understand it, to get them to buy into it and then be successful at it. So that will be our next podcast with Janet. And to top it off, she's going to do our next audio profile. So she's going to take one of her best endurance classes out of her quiver and create an audio profile for you. So that's up and coming and really exciting. But for now, let's tell me about your current class that you've been with a month or two, you said? Okay. Well, this particular facility that I am at now, I was given the early morning slots. There was no early morning program on the group fitness schedule. So I started training with these people two years ago at 6, 6 a.m. in the morning, see them three times a week. They got it. These people, they've got it because I've had the time to grow them as a group and understand all the different phases of training, got them on the periodization bandwagon and understanding that intensities need to vary in order to create change in your body. You have to change your training, that kind of thing. So it was kind of an easy thing for me after the, I'd say the past six months or so has been just a piece of cake working with these people because they got it. They buy it. Then I was asked. bought into it quickly. They, yeah, well, at two, almost two years, Jennifer. But again, they, I am just blessed to have this group that's eager and willing and open-minded, and that's all you need. 
But it took, you know, I remember way back in the day, Johnny G would say to us, you know, their brains are like sponges. You can't flood their brains and, and, and because if the sponge gets squeezed, everything just goes away. Drop it in slowly, let it expand. And that philosophy has really stuck with me. Um, not sure if that's something you want to keep in this, but no, it's I, just, it, it, I, like I believe it. in, I believe in that way of training. You can't just flood them with tons of information and to try to educate them all in a minute. It's got to happen over time. So anyway, yes, I did enjoy growing with these people as a group and, and they're very appreciative and they're always looking for more, something new to, to try. What happened after that is then they, they asked me to teach in a different time slot and I've now got these people. This is about two months now who have only had one instructor prior to me. And this one instructor teaches exactly the way we hope our instructors don't teach, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's a little dangerous. It's the, you know, high cadence, barely any resistance, push-ups on the bike, you know, isolation, stand up straight, you know, everything that is just so wrong. But whatever, I work with what I've got. So um, what I tried to do is I first addressed the contraindicated moves that they were doing on the bike from class to class and just gently explained why this wasn't working. And then Did one you have day, any resistance? Um, you know what I had a lot of, Jennifer? You know when you're teaching and they're looking down or they're focused and all of a sudden you say something and you see all their heads pop up and they look at you? <laughs> And they look at you with these eyes that are very inquisitive looking eyes like, okay, you said that, but I don't understand what you said. So what I would do is during the course of teaching is just further explain why this is the way it is or why I've just said what I said and give them, you know, education on that. Not just because it is what it is. It's this is the reason why. And I'll explain the physiological benefits or the physical benefits or the, the, the motor move to explaining that that just you know, does not work. It, it's not a natural thing. So they grew to, I think, gain some trust in me. I walked in one day. And I thought, okay, I thought that the week before, quite frankly, I might have worked them really, really hard. Really took them on an outdoor ride mentally. Straight up hills and hills didn't stop. And I saw at the end of class, wow, I think I really beat them up. So I went in the following week and I decided this is a great time to introduce endurance because I want them to see me as a multifaceted instructor and not just somebody who beats them up. So I introduced endurance and it the coolest thing and I worked it I worked it right out of the book and at the end it was I thought to myself, oh boy, this ought to be good. I don't know if they <laughs> liked it or if they didn't like it. Kinda looked to me like they were in it, but I really didn't see a lot of eyeballs. All their eyes were shut, which to me is a fairly good indicator that they're doing I okay. I think so. Yeah, and um, I was standing there kind of getting my CDs put away and my iPod put back, and I feel one hand on my arm. That was a great class, and they're just nodding their head almost in disbelief. Next person, that was an unbelievable class, nodding their head almost like same thing, and I'm not patting myself on the back. It's just what I saw, and I yeah. was very, I felt so good thinking they got it, they're getting it, I'm going to do this again. So the following week when I saw them, I did it again. I said, you know, I feel like last week was a successful ride. I want to do it again because I want you to feel those same things again. Did it again. Same response. Loved it. They loved the feeling of being in control, being in control of their breath, being in control of their body, listening to their body as they train, and just having the time to do that. Whereas when you're in a frenzy of high intensity, it's kind of hard to 
to get that mind-body connection tightened up or fine-tuned. Oh, it, it's it's almost impossible. It has a it, different purpose, but... Exactly. Exactly. And they, I think what they really enjoyed was the mind-body connection. If I were to be a psychologist, at this from a psychological point of view, I think they liked that they had space in their head, and I wasn't yelling at them to jump this and do that and do a handstand on your bike mm-hmm. and bicep dips and... <laughs> All these crazy things, it kind of made sense to them. Okay, so let's go to the following week. Now we're on my, well, probably my fourth week with them. And I came in figuring, okay, I think I'm going to start to talk about threshold training because they've gotten a good couple of tastes of endurance. And I sat down, I started to explain to them, you know, I was sitting on my bike and introducing the ride and the purpose of today's training. And they looked at me and they said, could we please do endurance? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's the day I talked to you, Jennifer, because I was shocked yes. at first because to have your students ask you for an endurance training is, I think, every trainer's dream, you know, to get that group of people that understands it and gets it and can execute it. And I just looked at them and I laughed. I said, I would be more than happy to teach that again. And we will go right into it. And actually what I did, so then I, I always look at what more can I do? What, how can I tweak this training? to teach them something different. So that particular day, yes, I did give them an endurance ride, but I challenged them. I said, now that we've learned control, control of our breath, control of our body, control of intensity, I'm going to bring some hills into this endurance ride. And instead of letting the hill beat you up and push you back, you're going to conquer the hill with your control of your breath, with your control of your intensity, and you're going to stay calm and you're going to be patient and you know, so we kind of did that again, opened, I guess, maybe another couple doors in their minds. And um, that's what's exciting to me about this is when you've got that group of people that, that, that trust you and want your information and execute it and apply it and you see that it will work. Because as a trainer, you have to know that you can't beat your students up every day because they're not oh, yeah. going to see the results that they want. And we have to find a way to get around those corners with them and... Uh, yeah, so that's how that's how it's evolved with my second group. That's that's really a great story, and I see that, that this information that we're talking about can evolve into several different paths. Not only the endurance, how to get them to um, appreciate it, and it, as in your case, start asking for it, but also for instructors who go to a new club, a new facility, how you can gradually start introducing things first, garner their trust give them what they want perhaps at the beginning and then start gradually training them to open their minds and look at some different things. So I'm sure Janet will be picking your brain quite a bit in the future. I would be happy to do that and happy to share what I've learned along the way works and then maybe share what I thought probably didn't work. (laughs) So I think we've got a lot we can, we can add and we can discuss to the subject. Perfect. Well, Janet, I, I want to thank you and I'm, Looking forward with great anticipation to uh, parts two and three, or uh, the pro podcast, and then our audio profile that we're going to do. I, very interesting because I'm heading into winter here in Minnesota, and you know my uh, Sunday class tends to be a 90 minute or longer endurance class. So I'm looking to learn everything I can from you. Oh, I'd be happy to share with you what I've what I've worked along the way, and hopefully it works for you. For your Minnesotans, and um, I think we share the same weather. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Long, dreary winters with not as much snow as Jennifer gets, that's for sure. 
<laughs> well, just come back out to Vail. You know, you're always welcome, and we can always go skiing. Uh, okay, just tell me when. <laughs> we, anything else, Jennifer, we need to throw in here? Can I just throw in one last cute little story? Um, okay. When Janet was out here, we were talking about our, um, oh, our, you know, our history with Mad Dog. And Janet, do you remember we were talking about the spinning voice? Oh, yes. <laughs> and you told a story about your kids. Maybe oh. you can just fill in. But do you remember what that was? How they, no. they said, oh, Mom, you got your spinning voice spinning. on. Oh, they... <laughs> Well, I guess, um, honestly, probably because I have a voice that doesn't carry well, so the only way I can be strong on with it and without yelling at people is if I'm just kind of that quiet, deep on the microphone, I guess. One of the kids was acting up, and uh, I kind of did that. And, and, and it's been told to me that I sound like the quiet lion in the corner waiting to pounce. Isn't that bad? No, <laughs> it doesn't sound so thing. great to me. But uh, anyway, so one day the kids were, somebody needed to be talked to, and I said something, and the kids said, ooh, she's using her spinning voice. You better watch out, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Oh, man. We all have our spinning voice. All have our spinning voice. And that's probably, Jennifer, it's probably another thing you guys can discuss on this as far as how to use your voice. Oh, I'd be absolutely. Happy that too. You know, that's, absolutely. I think that's a very effective tool. You know, I've heard so many people love instructors but hate their voice, you know. Mm-hmm. And that you but, could use it effectively or, or it can work against you. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Janet. And, John, I think this was a great discussion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're looking forward to more from Janet in the very near future. Wonderful. I'll be around. All right. Thanks, Janet. You're welcome, John. Have a great day. It's Sunday night, and you've just realized you have no idea what you're teaching tomorrow morning. So you quick call your friend who happens to be a world-class master instructor. You listen while she coaches you through the awesome ride you'll teach tomorrow. They're going to love this, you think, as you hang up the phone. Fantasy? Not if you have Jennifer Sage's phone number on speed dial, but what if you don't? Then you need to be a member of Indoor Cycle Instructor Pro. Every week, via the super-secret iTunes feed, members receive a new audio profile, a podcast that explains the inner workings of a specific class taught by Master Instructor Jennifer Sage. Load it on your iPod and listen on your way to the club as Jennifer describes the class objectives, gives suggestions on cueing, presentation ideas, and supplies new motivating language that you can use to bring a fresh perspective to your next class. See where it says Join ICI Pro at the top of this page? Click that link for more information.